welcome everybody to a happy hour, also known as Perspective. <laughs> yeah, we should rename the podcast. At one some day, point, yeah. one day. And today, well, because we did a music episode, and since it's summer, we thought, well, we need things to hear, we need things to read, and we need to things to watch. So, why not books this time? Yep. So we're going to do something similar to the music episode in the sense that we're going to answer two questions. And before, though, starting with the actual questions, I wanted to ask you... A different question. Yeah, a different question. (laughs) A pre-question about, in general, your experience with books. And if you have any stories about it, like if you prefer new books or secondhand books or to read books from the library or to read books uh, you borrowed from friends what is your experience with the actual material object book so i have this will sound (laughs) not horrendous but pretty weird i have categories of books there are books that i will probably never ever read so i don't even look at them There are books that I'm curious to read, but I'm not sure if I will like them. And there are books that I will know uh, I want to own or I know I love already. And as you can figure from this, there are books that I will probably not read. There are books that I will not touch, not buy. Uh, If someone will give it to me, then maybe I will have it. Or maybe... (laughs) If, uh, I don't know, a good review of or recommendation will come. But I will take it from the library. If it's not in the library, I will not buy it. There is the second category where I'm curious, but I don't know. And this is the library. Either library, meaning the actual building or friends. (laughs) You know. Okay. You have to kind of manage. And um, the first and uh, the third category is um, the books that I own. I buy them. I actively am looking for them to have. They the, need to be yours. Yes. Okay. So that's my my relationship with books. Well, I don't think I I have ever categorized books uh, in that way. I must say, because in the sense, some. Uh, of the books I own either were already in my house or I bought or were presents. So it's true that recently I have tried to read books in the library more and more for, you know, for a question of price, of course, and uh, finances, but also because I like the experience of having in my hands a book that has a history. And that's why I really, really love uh, secondhand books and when I want to own a book for me it doesn't really matter if it's new or secondhand maybe it's even better if it's secondhand like for instance once I bought this um, uh, edition of uh, actually Hungarian book uh, the Paul Street Boys uh, by Ferenc Molnar And I had never read it when I was a kid, but I had to read it for a course in university. And I went to the secondhand shop, secondhand uh, bookshop, and 
there were two different copies of the same book, and I bought this one because it had an introduction, a critical introduction, and it also were, was cheaper. So great, I bought it. I didn't even open it. I put it on my shelf, and then I decided to start reading it on the train because I knew I was going to travel at that time. Well, I opened the book, and on the first page, the first white page, there was in a child's handwriting, Beatrice. 5A and Aww. that is obviously my, my same name so a little girl probably in elementary school 5A I guess it was the fifth fifth year of elementary school so she must have been nine or ten that was her book and it was it, she had my same name and I used to write my name in that same handwriting when I was a kid and that's, that's why that's wonderful yeah, I think secondhand books have that magic yeah. and I think it's even more magic because you don't know so you can imagine whatever you want I am I'm sad because there is not many secondhand bookshops in Poland. At least I didn't found them. There are um, bookshops that are like kind of the cheap bookstore. So they will have older books or the titles that are no longer the hot stuff. Uh, so of course the price is not <coughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, you can find sometimes really good titles that I forgot because I also have the problem of, I want to read this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what was I going to read? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, of course, and uh, my like my story with books started from being very little because I am coming from very literature heavy family. Mm -hmm. So, especially from my mother's side, like we at some point, my mom was like. Uh, but do you need to buy more books? Yeah. <laughs> because we had problems. We had serious problems in with fitting them, fitting them yeah. especially that we lived in an apartment. Like yeah. this is a flat in a block of buildings. So uh, the space was um, a little bit problematic. Yeah. Uh, and I had at that point already owned boxes for books because they had to be under the bed. <laughs> the only space in the room. Yeah, I understand. Um, but uh, my grandfather was buying me books every quarter year because uh, there was a bookstore that uh, you could buy books with the catalog. So like oh. furniture and stuff, but this was for books. Yeah. And he was order always ordering me two books per quarter year. That's so cute. So like imagine this is like 15 years of my life. And he was buying books since I was very little. So the books that I have from him is a wow. very high pile. He really shaped your, you know, literary yeah, you know, uh, career, best, kind of. The yeah. best part is that um, majority of the first books were encyclopedias for kids. Very wise grandfather so, you had, yeah. Um, my childhood bedtime stories were usually the encyclopedias. Amazing. <laughs> So Beautiful. Wow. I had very big knowledge when I was a kid. I lost a lot of it. No, I'm sure it's still there. 
Well, maybe, maybe not. Well, there are, of course, some things. The problem with that being a science, it evolves and it evolves, new course. things are discovered. So there's probably some of that knowledge is not accurate anymore. But for example, when I was like, and I'm not joking, I was six probably, I could name every type of cloud in Latin. Amazing. I cannot do it anymore. I am sure that it is still there somewhere. You I, just well, have to... maybe there is still, but because I had the geography classes in secondary school and I couldn't name them uh, mm. at that time. I like when I saw them on the board, I knew more or less. But also the problem is I never learned the Polish names. Oh. And in the geography class, we had Polish names and the Latin was optional. And I was like, yeah, but I know the Latin, not the Polish. That's so cute. One, so That's yeah, so cute. I had a lot of. Um, encyclopedias so now my brother is amazing uh, using them amazing but wow yeah, that's the you know, beginning beginning we always had the same problem in my apartment of course again with my parents we always lived in apartments and uh, like flats and buildings so we didn't we never had these big villas or anything so the books were always stacked the one against the other and honestly I dream of the day when I will have libraries where, first of all, books, I will be able to put them like vertically and not like horizontally. They should be. <laughs> like, and where they will have space. So I won't have, you know, two stacks of books on the same shelf. Yeah. So one stack hiding the other. Like, they will have space to breathe. Honestly, that's my dream. But it's true oh. that that was always. <laughs> always a problem space for books because we had so many and um, it was uh, we preferred to buy books than buying clothes always always oh it's the same and thank goodness we have libraries honestly <laughs> like it's incredible yeah. it's a miracle yeah. really and for me really I started appreciating secondhand books uh reading well actually reading the books we had in our house because you know sometimes you know somebody has written a little note on the side or has underlined uh, a sentence and you wonder i wonder you know why was it so important at what moment of their life they were you know so like now what i do it depends it depends on which book i have but sometimes when i read a book I would, for instance, I remember once I was reading this book, and while I was reading it, I got the news that Margherita Ack, who was a, one of the greatest Italian scientists of this century, she was an astrophysician and a great woman in general, she died while I was reading that book. And so I wrote on the side of the book, today Margherita Ack has died, because it was such an important moment. And I always think, you know, maybe someday somebody will find this book because they will sell it. Or when, I don't know, I will die and so all my books will go to secondhand bookshops. And maybe someday we'll, somebody will find it and they will know that I was reading it at the time. And it, I like this idea of sharing stories. That's interesting for me because I will very rarely, I need to hate 
a story in the book. Not the book itself, because of course I don't hate the pages, but the story in the book. I need to hate the book very much to write something on it. You know, I would never like. I am the kind of yeah. person that the pages needs to be straight and everything. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't care about the spine. Okay. If the spine breaks, then well, sometimes it has to yeah. because the way it's uh, glued or sewed. But the pages. They like they will be perfect. You know, it's so funny because I'm kind of schizophrenic on that. Like, in on some books, I will write down everything. I will even use a pen and not a pencil. On other books, it looks as if they're new, as nobody ever touched them. Honestly, I have no idea with which criteria I choose which books are not to be touched, and which books can be destroyed. I have no idea. I just have this thing that with some books I need to like com- like materially destroy them and like just, you know, like <laughs> like write on them and like and others that need to be completely perfectly clean. I have no idea. I think that it's very Again, it's your way to show love to these books, you know, and sometimes you show them love by touching them, by using them, by having them close to you, by by even staining them or with tea or coffee or whatever, with tears, most of the time tears. Sometimes your way to show them love is just this leave them in the purest in the most pristine condition possible. I remember because um, in Poland probably in other countries as well but this is if you especially if you have high results at the end of the year you will get the book. Oh nice. And um, my teacher in primary school in the first year she was always thinking ahead and she was looking what kind of books we will have to read in the next class. So oh. she was buying uh, us the books. That So one uh, time I got Pinocchio. Oh. <laughs> I remember not liking the story. So <laughs> Well, you know, the original story is not like the Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also didn't saw the Disney movie, I think. It's uh, very, very different. Yeah. So... I had the Pinocchio, but this pin- version of Pinocchio had every, I think every chapter or every second chapter or so, they had illustrations. Mm. But the illustrations were black and white and they were not color in. It was just like the contours of the everything. And I remember being so bored on classes <laughs> that I started coloring in. Really? And there, I still have that book. Oh. And recently, because my brother had to read it. And we started looking for the book. And it was like, I found it. And I started flipping. And it was like, I forgot that I colored Amazing. in a couple of uh, the drawings. And like properly colored in. Uh, because Beautiful. I was not joking. I was bored to my death. <laughs> <laughs> so like slowly, Amazing. the pictures that I wanted, I was coloring in. But that's the very few cases. Like it took me a couple of lessons to break through that like... I, if I would do it, there's no return. So, like... Yeah, I, I understand because as a child, I was very much like that, too. For me, in general objects, I try to keep them in... I was basically an adult, you know? An adult with OCD. <laughs> like, I think me, too. Yeah, so. very, very, very small adult with OCD. Because, like, books, like, really, I treated them... You You thought they were new. 
because my dolls they were always in perfect conditions like their hair were always always combed I never lost anything it was all like the the, the really I was obsessed like the shoes and the clothes were in order of color like it was all perfect okay then my brother was born and he was a He was a normal child and he destroyed everything <laughs> he touched and it made me so frustrated. He was I, a normal child. Yeah, he was a normal child because when he touched things, he destroyed them. And I remember that he broke my pop-up book of Aladdin. And I, How dare he, he? I never allowed him to touch my pop-up books anymore after that. He was the poor thing. He was like six months old, one year old. I mean, honestly, but I was terrible. I was a little Stalin because you, my books were sacred. You needn't touch my books. No, I am the only one who can. So now I'm a little more tolerant. You know? <laughs> so I got better. See, you know, there's hope Progress. for everybody. So <laughs> okay, now I think we need to actually go Ask the through questions. the questions. Absolutely. So. The first question is the book that you cannot put down. You know, it's funny because first of all, I want to thank you. I I should do this um on every episode, but it's just implicit for me, but I want to make it explicit. It's always beautiful to prepare these episodes and this one in particular was wonderful because while I was thinking about, for example, this question, the book I couldn't put down. I basically embarked in a journey across time to remember. Of course, I don't have a list of all the books I read. So I ju- was just thinking in the past, what were the books that I I couldn't put down? And you have no idea. I was thinking about this. And in those rare moments that you have by yourself, when you really take the time to think about all your previous experiences. And I was like, oh, my God, it's true. I loved this book so much. But also this other one and also this other one and this other one. And slowly I kind of remembered vividly all the emotions that these books I have read even a long time ago gave me. And they're still there. And you gave me the occasion to think about this and to go back in time and remember and I must say that there was a time in my life when uh, almost every book was a page turner in the sense that it was a moment of my life in which I gave myself so much to books that every book almost every book I read was really so intense but it because I was giving myself to them so intensely side question about what age were you at that time oh um i would say 1821 because yeah. i had the same moment but for me it was oh now to remember the uh, school system and ages uh <laughs> 13 to 15 16 yeah i think we all have those moments in which we live so intensely you know and we are so much overwhelmed by our own life and emotions that everything even the books we read come as salvation you know so there were the, in that in those years really most of the books i read were really lifesavers and turn pages and i couldn't put them down But then, so I don't want to talk about those books. I want to talk about, maybe I'll just mention one book because it was the last book that really 
didn't allow me to put it down. And it, it completely surprised me. It was, you know, after now, if I read a book, yeah, it's nice. I always enjoy it. But it's rare that, it's different. that they really stop me on my mm -hmm. way, that I am absolutely unable to think about anything else. And I, I really need to finish this book. Like, even if I don't have to eat, even if I don't have to sleep, I have to finish this book. Like, I need to cancel appointments, you know, like, really. And the last time, it happened with a book uh, which uh, whose original title is La Vie Devant Soi. Uh, in English, it's The Life Before Us, and it's by Romain Gary. First of all, I must say, uh, I am kind of racist against French people because I lived three years in Paris, and I think that Parisians... Maybe I'm just racist against, Par against Parisians. I don't know. But anyway, I tend to avoid uh, French-produced art in general because I'm racist. I, I am sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sorry. So I wasn't expecting at all that a book written in French would be, you know, you know the one to stop me there. I read it for university for a course, so I was forced to. So I was. It was a book I went toward very, you know, casually. I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah. And I was spellbound, and it was really the last time a book really overwhelmed me completely. It, at a time when it wasn't so common. You know, and it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I have a different book. I have all the. My titles will be more uh, fantasy and science fiction, just because I delve into that topic the most. And the book is Discovery of Witches. It's by Dobra Harness. Harness, maybe I never know how to pronounce it. <laughs> And uh, she's from England, if I remember correctly. And it's a part of All Souls trilogy. The problem with that, well, the problem, the thing that I didn't know that it's done in the industry of books is in English, that book uh, is like, this is trilogy. In Poland, I think there are six books of it because the book is so... Um, thick in English already. I think it's like 400 pages. So the translation in Polish it's even longer. It's yeah. even longer. And that was the time when people um, kind of stopped reading a little bit and there was problem with like bookstores in general. The bookstores were going out of the business. So instead of uh, introducing a book which will be 600, 700 pages and no one will buy it, they split into two parts. Mm. So they had like 200, 300, I think, pages, something. And I bought the first one, the first, I bought it or maybe it was my grandfather who bought it for me from the catalog thing. Because at some point he, when I was there for uh, summer vacation, he was always showing me the catalog and I choose the book. Because he was like, you're, you know what you want to read, choose something. And I think I chose it. 
or he no he chose it for me because in the description was that uh, if you like Harry Potter you will like this <laughs> uh, and oh. well the title is discovery of witches there is uh, witches there are demons and there are vampires there's a three categories of supernatural people but it's not like Twilight vampires it's not uh, it's more adult um, based book and I was surprised that they are advertising. After reading all three um, books, I was very surprised that they are advertising. If you like Harry Potter, because there are very young <laughs> kids reading Harry Potter, and this is not for a very young kids. Yeah. And I remember uh, I went to my aunt for a vacation because we were going for summer camp together. And I was reading this book, and I couldn't put it down. Hmm. Like, Whatever she would ask me to do something, I would do it as quickly as I can to t go back to read. The same was f with food. And I was lucky because there was her friend was uh, staying at the, our place as well. So uh, there was not a lot of space in general. So I could eat in the living room, not in the kitchen. So I was eating and reading, of course, at the same time. Amazing, yeah. I was up until I think like 3 or 4 a.m. to finish this book. And when we were going out... I was looking for the second part already. And this was like, oh, I remember it exactly. I was then like half dead for the next day <laughs> because, of course, I slept for like yeah. two or three hours <laughs> that night. But this was the book that it's really interesting because you hear witches, you hear vampires, you hear demons. And it kind of like, do I have to? Mm -hmm. Because that subject was well overdone mm -hmm. for many years already but there's something different about the book if you look closely and actually i want to reread it now because there will be a tv show uh, made in, in 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 october i think mm -hmm. so i want to reread it before the tv show to like see how Beautiful. well they done it because it explores like well there are essentially four races there are the normal humans the witches the vampires and the demons and it's very of course it's forbidden to um maybe not like talk with other but like to have something friendships among them it's no 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 mm -hmm. and it's very that thing the separation the segregation because demons are the lowest the so if you would apply the same rules that Trilogy explores throughout the three books, it's something that you can apply to everyday life. Of course, sure. And it's very surprising. Every, like, everything that was happening was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. I, and the problem was that I finished reading and they didn't, because that was also the time when I didn't know English that well to read in English. And they... They took enormous amount of time to, to um, translate. translate second mm. part. And the third part, I read it in English because I couldn't wait. I don't think they did it. Or, no, they did it, but they did it after I was already gave up on Polish translation, read the English <laughs> one, 
end couple months after was like, yeah. oh, here's the third part of the book. Like, yeah. Really, guys? Yeah. That's why a lot of people started reading in English in Italy, too, because of the Harry Potter books, because the translations took so long. Although, of course, being a bestseller, they were trying to translate it as, as quickly, quickly as, as possible. possible. But still, it took some time that people were so anxious of reading what was going to happen next that people just starting to actually read in English just to have the experience. Yeah, that was my same problem. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, for me, like my book, uh, The the Page Turner, it's a completely different story. It's um, a story of this little boy in Paris and uh, the style is absolutely amazing and he lives with this woman who is not her, his mother, I I honestly I don't want to spoil it because it's so good and it's actually the way it's written it's amazing. I just read it. It's amazing, really. But since we talked about the books we couldn't put down, what is was the book that you really couldn't pick up? Okay, so I had problems with this question because every book that I had to read for school was the one that I couldn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided to go a different turn mm-hmm. because instead of dwelling into books that were boring and they're still boring for me, I decided to look for a book that I couldn't pick up at the beginning, but then I liked it anyway oh, while reading. Okay. And I found it. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, it's Hunger Games. Oh, okay. Because I remember exactly library and I say my library because I was going there at least once a week. <clears throat> at the point that the librarian started talking with me uh, like we are best friends because Aww. I was there so often and she was telling me all the new books that will be on the shelves soon and and I remember also once um, some mother came and she was like I want a book for my um, younger girl and the librarian as started asking me for recommendations <laughs> oh that's so cute <laughs> because I read so much in that library but um I knew Hunger Games. When the book started releasing, I knew it because I had subscription on my mail already for books. I mean, it's us. We're weird. <laughs> We're adults uh, at the yeah. age of nine. <laughs> and yep. um, I had the subscription and I got an email from uh, one publishing company, a Polish publishing company, that the Hunger Games is releasing and they're also doing the audio version of the book. And they recorded a little like video with a snippet of the book while being recorded in the studio. And I loved the idea and I started Googling more. But then in the library, I mistook the first part as a second part. Mm-hmm. So I borrowed the first book from Hunger Games series. I borrowed the second part. Oh, mm-hmm. And I started reading it and it didn't make sense because the book started like you should know all of these things. Yeah. And I didn't, and I was confused, and I I didn't read it um, the first time when I bought it. And I um, went back to the library to give it back, and I was like, oh, I, I don't know. And then I realized that I took the second one. But it took me, I think, a year or more to, to, actually. to actually go back to it, because I was so put off by the first yeah. experience. Hmm. But then I picked up the first one, And I went through all the yeah. three parts. It, well, like, it must be said it also. It wasn't because it was a bad book, but because it was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah so. But, yeah, oh. I couldn't pick it up for okay. like two years probably. Oh. 
Wow. Well, for me, it was definitely um, Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. That's actually a book um, that I own, that I have bought, but that I know I will never be able to pick up. First of all, because I think that if I actually go from the beginning to the end of that book, I will probably kill myself. And uh, so that's... That's optimistic yeah. version. <laughs> so I... No, no. Same thing with Petrolio by Pierpaolo Pasolini. I think uh, the translation must be petrol or something. Uh, same thing. I know that if I really start reading it, I th- I think that my uh, self-preservation instinct uh, like really doesn't want me to go on reading those books. So I, I have both books, uh, but I don't think I will ever be able Did to pick them it or One was a present and the okay. other one I bought it. But actually, like Infinite Jest, I bought it kind of... I know I'm weird, I'm sorry, but I have this relationship with books. They're very symbolic for me. I bought Infinite Jest knowing that I was never going to be able to pick it up because I wanted it to be there just, you know, to remind me that I have a self-preservation instinct. I don't know how to explain it. It's the same thing that... I, it, no, it's not the same thing, but there is another book which is um, entitled Il Mestiere di Vivere, the, the Job of Living, I would say. It's the diary of Cesare Pavese and... Um, this book, I, bas- I basically know it by heart, but I decided never to buy it. I only read it from the library. Infinite Jest, I own it, but I have never read it and I have no intention to. It's the same thing, you know, like I own one, but I know I'll never read it. I have read the other t- like really a lot of times, but I will never own it. It's this idea that, okay, I know you're there. But I also know that I won't inflict myself all the, all the damage, you know. So I know this is weird, but I think we all have kind of this, these very ritual approaches yeah. towards books. So for me, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but next question. Let's see if we can get weirder, even weirder than that. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, we're going to go somewhere nice. The book you brought to the beach. Narnia. All seven of them. <laughs> so, the history of that, because I saw the movie. I didn't know it's based on the books. Uh, because that was the time when I... So, because I was... that That's me being weird about books. I was around books since before I was born. But there was a time when I didn't want to read anything. And going through the encyclopedias and all of that. But I didn't want to read anything like adventure stuff. Fiction, fiction, non-fiction, no matter what. I didn't read anything at some point. And so, of course, I didn't have the knowledge of all the books and whatnot. But we went to a movie uh, with like a school. It was a school thing for Narnia. And Beautiful then, movie. I loved it. Well, the first do. time, I didn't like it. Really? How no. old were you? Nine. Oh, it, it's Ten. the right age. But for me, it was too violent. Oh, too really? Yeah, I was very sensitive kid. Yeah. 
and I didn't like it. It was too much. It was too loud. And uh, no, but I have a copy. Like I have an original copy of the movie now, and I really like to watch mm-hmm. it from time to time. And I bought because I was like, I was looking on the internet about all the books, and there's a whole thing with Narnia in what order you should read it, because there's three different orders. There's the order that he wrote them, the order that they will publish, and the chronological order of the history. I didn't know that. Thank you for the information. Yes. So I was contemplating on how should I read them because the, um, the order that is inflicted on you to read is not, is not maybe the right order to read them as well. And when the, I think, second movie went out so of course and this is good thing about the movies even the movie if the movie sucks they will release the books yes yes and they did normally the, they're also cheaper when they re-release them after a movie so. exactly and they released the Narnia and they released in three different things there were the one that you could buy individual small books there there was one beautiful but expensive oh it was so expensive Um, the two volumes with a map of Narnia that you could oh. like put on your wall. But it was, oh my God, so much money. And the third one, which I bought, was, was in one the, book, yeah. in one... My dad it was has the same. heavy as hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I bought it and I was started to reading it and then I went to summer camp. So I took that only book to summer camp. It was so heavy that when I put it <laughs> to my backpack, I could already feel the weight. Uh, and I read it. And I didn't like it. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. I mean, I don't remember much from me reading it. But also, I think this is also one of the examples, like Pinocchio, that the movie is way better for kids than a book. Mm-hmm. The book, I for me... I would say that like our age right now is the perfect yes. time to read it, not when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Because it's very heavy on some symbolics that you don't understand when yeah, you're a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that um, like then later I started reading like the Aslan, the, the lion is compared to a god. Yeah. And when you read it, you can see that he is essentially the god. He was the one created Narnia. So there is very uh, heavy religious background mm -hmm. and then the history background because this is all happening during Second World War. So then you had to kind of know what is the why the kids are sent away to the professor. And it was really, really heavy. But I finished and I brought it to the beach multiple times. <laughs> and I think there's still sand in the beach. Beautiful. You know, it's funny because so first of all, even though I come from Italy, the last time I actually went on a vacation at the seaside, it was almost 10 years ago. So I so I had to go back and think of the of the books I brought with me. And actually, it's funny because my book that I bought Uh, to the Beach was very, very similar to yours because it was written by a great friend of C.S. Lewis. Lewis was Irish and Tolkien was English, but The Hobbit was definitely... Because, you know, it's light and it's not very... not too heavy, like, like physically. <laughs> so you could put it in your bag and it wouldn't weigh too much. And it's imaginative. You can dream a little bit. I think that 
it was a perfect beach read, definitely. I have mm. that book and I still didn't read it. Oh, it's I have lovely. a copy and I think I have a copy in English as well. It's I recommend it. Yeah, bring it to the beach. Definitely. <laughs> well, I don't know when I'm stuck <laughs> on the beach, but yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no. It's uh, it was my my beach read last time. I will see you next time. I hope I will go on a beach vacation next time <laughs> soon. That is true. Soon, yeah. But you said that you actually didn't like Narnia when you read it. But was there a book that, even though you tried so hard to like, you never managed to like? Well, again, going back to oh, it's not science fiction. It's not even. Could happen. So the book is in the series of Rangers Apprentice. It's um, so this is like thirteen books in that series. And my best friend in high school, he was in love with that books, and he was telling me some of the stories. And I would, I have the habit, well, habit the nerve of uh, reading like um, to uh, put my head on somebody's shoulder and reading with them the book and I would do it in high school as well and he was reading that whole series because also that was the time when it uh, was coming out in Poland so always he was buying the new books and he was telling me all about these things and it sounded lovely I wanted to read it was like can you borrow me the book uh, the first one, and I will read it. I think I got through the first book because I have memories of that book, like what is actually in the book. Because also I I imagine a lot of things when I'm reading. That's why I will never read a horror book because mm-hmm. I want to sleep at night. Yeah, <laughs> I and agree. I could not like it. There was one... I remember specifically on the very beginning of the book because the ranger has to know how to move silently, how, how to use shadows and to trees to cover himself. And there is, I think, one very long chapter when uh, he's first staring at the tree to see where he can hide. And there is like all the description of the tree. This would be a perfect book for the nature episode. <laughs> yeah. And then he's on the tree and uh, hiding in the shadow. And I was like, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I know you love this book. And I love hearing about what is going to happen next. Mm. But I cannot read it. My No, it's terrible, really. You know, for me, it was definitely The Catcher in the Rye by Salinger. So I think that the problem with that book was that I read it when I was too old. You need to read that book when you when you're in your teens. Not only in your teens. You need to read it when you're at the time of your life when when nothing because I never had that time of my life honestly as I said I was an adult when I was 7. Like so that innocent state of teens? No, it's like when you feel like you don't belong. But you also feel like you're the victim. So you have the arrogance not to do anything about it and to blame the world for it. But at the same time, you suffer. That's basically what the main character of The Catcher in the Rye does. And I'm really sorry for all of those who love this novel. I hated it. You have no idea. I mean, I really wanted to throw this 
effing book out of the window every single page I was turning. It's written beautifully. I mean, really, it's a piece of literature and it's beautifully written, beautiful. But the main character is one of the most annoying characters <laughs> I have ever read about. Really, like this guy, like, I mean, I am not one of those people who have, you know, you know, who have an ease to live. Okay, so it's I'm, I really cannot say I'm one of those people that find living easy. But still, I mean, man, come on. Like this guy basically cries over himself the whole book. Okay, and uh, I understand it's a metaphor. I understand. But honestly, as much as I tried, because it's one of the greatest modern classics, whatever, I just hated it. I just hated it. I probably read it at the wrong time. But maybe still. there are those kind of books that you, if you read them in the wrong time, you just cannot get it. No, I really didn't get it. I'm sorry. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, and it's funny because I want I I specialized in American literature, but that book I really couldn't. No, sorry. But now this is the question of questions: the book that changed your life, Harry Potter. I will go back to my trusty Harry Potter, and of course the Philosopher's Stone mm. or Sorcerer's Stone, depending where you're listening to it from. Uh That was, and this is actually a funny story because first time I was introduced to Harry Potter was as a movie. We had a movie, but with Polish subtitles. And I was at the age when I couldn't read so fast to actually manage to read the subtitles. So my father would read it to me. Oh, beautiful but I didn't like it because it was not fitting because here I hear a very manly voice very adult voice but here there's a bunch <laughs> of kids on the screen and the fact that he has to read it to me when when I hear the English version and I know what it should sound and it's like no and I was like no I don't want Harry Potter and then after some years uh, and also I was very uh, young at that time I remember that I must have been seven or eight because I started reading Harry Potter very late but this was also the time when I didn't read anything and then I started reading first kind of like the small booklets kind of thing and then I was like okay I want to read Harry Potter and oh my oh my the world that is, has opened like this is also the thing the choice of why I am in that genre of books in general because of the the first love Harry Potter I think J.K. Rowling has saved not just your life. I mean, uh, there are a lot of people who have the same feelings about those books, especially people of our generation who really grew up with the books as they came by. I actually yeah. didn't grow up with the books mm. because the the first and the last book that I could buy as a premiere book was the last book. Oh, really? The Deathly Hallows. Wow, okay. I remember I started reading the books and... Then the movie came out, Order of Phoenix. And I remember going, this was my first Harry Potter movie when I went to the cinema. Mm. So you can figure out in what yeah. year I started reading yeah. those. those. That must have been 2000, 
I don't even I don't want to guess because I have no idea. <laughs> um, but this was the first movie, so I started reading the books. Well, I started reading books a little bit earlier. I don't know if I could go to the Goblet of Fire, or I don't know, maybe I missed it, or also there was a problem when I was uh, smaller that the cinema was a kind of luxury for us. Sure. Uh, so maybe also that was the time, but. I started reading the Harry Potter very, very late. And I remember having my uh, Deathly Hallows in uh, secondary school. Uh, and I had it with me because also secondary school was the time when I read the most uh, of the books. And uh, I had it with me and um, the guy who was working uh, as like a maintenance in school, he saw me and he's like, oh, Harry Potter again. Mm-hmm. I kind of was like, yes, sir. I do have Harry Potter and I intend to read it every monument that I can in the school. <laughs> so, wow, beautiful, beautiful. Well, for me, it was The Letters to a Young Poet by Rainer Maria Rilke. Uh, it was, first of all, I must say, uh, it was a friend of mine, uh, Luisa, who, um, who told me to read this. And... Um, And her advice turned out to be one of the best advice anybody had ever given me in my life. This book is really, really teeny, 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 tiny. It's just, I don't know, 50 pages. It's really, really super short. It's just a collection of letters that Rilke uh, sent to this young poet. And um, maybe it's a little mystical. Maybe it's a little too sentimental for most people. But I must say that After I read it, it really changed my life. It after I had read I read that book, I completely changed the way I thought about myself. Honestly, it made so clear that there was no point in not accepting myself as I was, and. It made also so clear that I needed to be patient with myself as I was. And it's funny because, uh, well, I used to suffer from uh, depression uh, uh, crises and uh, I used to have them uh, very often. And I remember that very shortly after I read this book, which I read, of course, very short, very quickly because it's such a short book. Uh, but very shortly after I finished to read it, I had another crisis. And basically, just because I could convince myself of what was in the book, the crisis lasted half the time they used to last. And from then on, it went always better. Uh, of course, I, I also needed some therapy. I mean, that wasn't the only thing that made it better. But I remember how how good it was for me. This really tiny book was absolutely incredible. Like basically like a magic cure. It was absolutely great. Yeah. Okay, so last question of the episode. Can you name and I know the list of both of us will be very long, but can you name two titles of the books that change your life? 
no, two is too little. <laughs> two is too little. We you, can make a longer uh, mm, list on that. Oh my, oh my. I have uh, two, four, six, eight, ten books on my just, list. <laughs> let's just list them all. Who well, cares? Well, uh, I will focus on two of them the most. And then I will list the others. So... In order of reading, I would have to, uh, again, go back to the Hunger Games, but with a different twist. Well, twist. <laughs> That's not a twist, but um, I love that series. Not for, probably not for what everybody is saying, like, oh, the Katniss Everdeen, she's so, oh, the book is so great. Oh, the story is so original. No. The last book, The Mockingjay, I think okay. I know it by heart because I read it so many times. Mm. But this is also, and uh, Katniss Everdeen was my heroine uh, at the time when I was reading. But I think from, not the wrong reasons, but, well, the backstory. That was, I started reading those books when I was in secondary school. That years were not that great. I was bullied a lot, not physically, but mentally I was excluded uh, from the groups, especially the last year was horrible. And I was reading The Mockingjay, and I love especially that book for what it does representing the character after the revolution after the war because the book doesn't ha have a happy ending well it it does but it doesn't at the same time it shows you really how mentally devastated you are after going through that war as she did yeah. and that revolution and all of the things and the book starts with Katniss sitting in a very small dark space And saying, like, I'm Katniss Everdeen, I have 17 years, I am 17 years old, I come from District 13, District 14, uh, District 12, I come from District 12, the District 12 doesn't um, exist anymore, it was destroyed. And she has that short sentences. And whenever she feels like she's slipping out of the reality again, she starts to say them out loud and this for me is the greatest representation of okay she was a hero of the story but <laughs> she was like she wanted to kill herself at the end of the book mm -hmm. spoiler alert sorry <laughs> um, but and she was a heroine for me at that time but looking back at the times maybe I was not in the best place mm -hmm. <laughs> having this as my perfect hero I still love the books, uh, the Mockingjay especially. It holds very special place in my heart. But also, The Faulty Nice Stars by John Green. Mm. And I will be very cliche here, but I really love the book. And it was, it was strange, a little bit strange for me, because I bought it, that book when I was first time in London. That was also like kind of the trip I'm going there to buy the book because it was not available in Poland and it was not even close to be available in Poland. I think the Polish edition was two or three years later after that. So 
no chance of me. Yeah. But I actually wanted to have that book in English. That was the f- beginning of me reading in English. And I was reading that book on the metro, um, whatever. And the first time I read it, I remember because everybody was like, oh, everybody's crying on the end of the book. And it was like, I was not crying, but I didn't feel anything. Like I was kind of numb finishing that book okay. the first time. And I remember I finished in the uh, underground where I was going to city center with my friend. And this is in the underground of the London, if you've ever been there, is so loud that talking basically means screaming. So we kind of gave up to talk in, on the underground. So I was reading the book. And I finished the book in the underground and I remember closing it and it was like, and now what? Mm. And I wanted more of that book, but of course there's no second part. But then every next time that I'm reading this, I know exactly the moment when I will start crying. Mm. Exactly. And it goes the same for the movie. But it changed uh, my life to see, because as the main character says, um, and she has some great quotes, the depression is not side effect of cancer. It's a side effect of dying. And there are some other things that she mentions, but the beauty of it was that she knew that there's a big chance of her dying. But she was not like some of the people. Now I will do everything. Because also she couldn't because her lungs were not working properly. But she was still the best version of herself. She knew that she would die. She had her bad days. She had the low days. She had the good days. But she was still being the best version of herself. And I think that was that was a really good book to, to read. But to just mention quickly the other Please. titles is Outlander. I mentioned this in uh, Nitro episode, I think. I remember mentioning somewhere, but <laughs> who knows? You need to listen to all the episodes to yeah. go back and find <laughs> where she mentioned it. Uh, so Outlander by Diana Gabalon. Uh, great book. I This was the book that turned me to Scotland. And um, it's a difficult. So I would put an asterisk on that book. If you think you know English, good on you. If you really feel strong with your knowledge of English. Good on you. But majority of this book is in Scottish or Gaelic. Okay. So <laughs> you really need to be sure that you know English very well. And I recommend sometimes to some degree uh, going to that book with the translation for your mother tongue. Because I think it still be hard. I don't know. I haven't seen the Polish version because I started reading with the English without knowing that it's in Old Gaelic. <laughs> and then I was <clears throat> surprised a little bit. Mm. But still, the book is great. There's, uh, I think, seven parts already to that series. Uh, Red Queen by Victoria Somhu. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm horrible with names. <laughs> but also, they are not very easy. Me Before You is also a cliche mm. title, but it's really, really nice. Uh, Struck by Lighting mm-hmm. by Chris Coffer. I highly recommend to anybody 
who either struggles with what to do next as in the future or just as a great like if you're a teen early 20s I highly recommend this book of course other ages as well but especially for that uh, group you know why after reading shadow hunters that was also another cliche that's right now across the universe uh, by Beth Revis, 13th Reason Why. But I have problems with TV shows. I will not mention them now. And Delirium by Oliver. Okay, quick story about this book. I was thinking to put it in the um, book I can put down. And also I put another thing. Cruel. Cruel? Cruel, I think. So this book, especially Cruel. There are things happening there that I was so pissed off that they're happening in the book. There's normal things that can happen in everyday life. But I was like, no, why? Why are you doing to them this the, to the author? I think this is a good reaction, though, to a book like, no, please don't do this. And like then that. I would be angry and shut the book down and put it aside. <laughs> and two minutes later, I would pick it back up because I wanted to know what is going to happen next. <laughs> so Perfect. So yeah. engaging, really yes. engaging. Book. So this is my stories for the books wow well i must say that i will go like they're not in chronological order in the sense that many of these i mean they were more important at different times of my life on the road by jack kerouac on the road basically taught me to let go and if a book can do that i mean as simple as that yeah an Invisible Sign of My Own by Amy Bender is a m book that not everybody knows, but that for me was really, really important, especially because, you know what, just read it, okay? Just take my word for it. It's, uh, But if you find the number 42, it doesn't have anything to do with uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide uh, to the Galaxy. If you find the number 42 in there, just... Think about me. That's my favorite passage. The White Knights by Dostoevsky. Oh my God, that book. I think I know that book by heart. Made me cry. And another book that always makes me cry is The Great Gatsby by Francis Scott Fitzgerald. I love Fitzgerald. I've read almost everything written by him. And The Great Gatsby. Gatsby wow. What can you say about it? I didn't like the movie. No, it's a different thing. Okay. Maybe I will read the, the book. The book is... Um, I have no words. I really love Fitzgerald. Peter Pan by James Barry. Um, mm -hmm. It's a long story, but uh, I won't tell you that story now, but definitely is one of the books that changed my life. Madame Bovary by Flaubert, of course, because when I was 16, I was Madame Bovary. So, you know, it's really hard to find yourself, you know, mirrored in a book so accurately and especially seeing the ending <laughs> she has. <laughs> but anyway, so, okay, but that was at that time of my life. To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee. I still want to read that book. To Kill a Mockingbird is amazing. Uh, how can you say that? You know, she, at some point, at, by the middle of the book, she defines courage. And she says, courage is when you know you're going to be defeated, 
but you start anyway and you go until the end. And I read that when I was 18 and um I I lived up to that since then. I wish I had read it sooner, honestly. Oh, The Letters from Jail by Antonio Gramsci. Really a book that saved my life, honestly. I think that together with The Letters to a Young Poet, The Letters to, from Jail by Antonio Gramsci were definitely the two single books that saved my life. I mean, I would say almost literally, yeah. Oh, Dialogues with Leuco by Cesare Pavese. This is a really, really heavy book. But it, at that time, it made me feel less alone in the world. Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. God, you have no idea how much I cried with that book. No idea. That book gave me a fever. I was in bed with a fever because of this book. Because it was so... Ah, oh, Charlotte, really. Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf, of course. Yeah. I have no words for these books. And then there is probably my favorite book of all time, which is Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. That book is, I think it teaches you what humanity is. And I think that especially in this historical moment, uh, in this continent, but not only this continent, it's something that you know we should explore a little further but even if you don't want to explore that just read it i think it's i think it's my favorite book ever written yeah nice and with that we will finish this lengthy book re recommendation podcast we really should do this more often but <laughs> then again we will run out of the books yeah. at some point so you know choices but we're, we're hoping that at least one of these titles uh, either you read before or you will read on summer vacation as summer is upon us, which is uh, quite evidence in Hungary, uh, especially today. Especially uh, in the studio. <laughs> especially in the studio, yeah. Uh, but as always, we would like to thank you so much for really? being in this lovely, lovely episode. We had so much fun, uh, especially preparing, I think, for mm, this. Yeah. And as always, we are there on our email our podcast no our perspective that podcast at gmail.com see I almost did it <laughs> wrong and our Facebook page as well you can write us review do whatever you want but be nice of course as always thank you so much for staying with us and we will welcome you to the next episode <laughs> <laughs>